Um, welcome to our community. This is Saratova Best. We are learning the Sikha of Tara Chadash about the idea of the novelties of Tyra coming into the world. Um, if the sound quality is not okay, please send me a text message. How, how about if we do that? Okay, so the question today is, um, we spoke a little bit last week about our hidden talents, our hidden abilities, but really we want to go into how we how we can claim it and where it comes from. In other words, we all know this idea that um, that you know we have all these, these these hidden abilities, but but the classical view was that you know um, you can't be smarter than your parents. Let's say that. I remember my one trip in forever to Washington D.C. when I was quite young. And I remember a woman speaking to another woman somewhere, and one said, oh, your daughter is so smart. And the mother said, yeah, I don't know where she got it from. She certainly didn't get it from me. So the idea was, if she didn't have it, you can't have it. If your mother wasn't smart, you can't be smart. There can't be hidden recesses of of something brand new, something that hasn't been seen in the generation before, or the one who... Who, who, who taught you or brought you up? So, but we, it, but we know today there's brain plasticity and everything can change. Your brain can change, your way of being, your way of thinking. Everything can change. The world can change. Um, one more example, and then I'm going to go into what it says in Tyra. Before this, I was on a Febrengen, and half of the Febrengen, I was just listening and I was looking at a certain flower that I took a picture of at the end that just kept pulling my attention. I don't know, it was just so pink or so green emerging from it. And I took a picture, and then I thought, tomorrow it's probably not going to be here. That's it. It's here today. What will this flower look like tomorrow? Maybe there won't be a flower. I don't know how many days it takes for a flower, flowers, excuse me, life cycle. So this idea that things change, new things come into the world, things are taken away from the world, and things, and things change. This has to have a source in Tyra. And the whole idea that you can't add to Tyra, you can't take away from Tyra, you can't change Tyra, nothing is new in Tyra, and yet the whole sikh is about the new Tyra. The new Tyra. Somebody sent me a message this morning saying, no, there is no new Tyra. But the the whole Makuda here that the Rebbe is bringing out is based on the Pasuk in in Yeshaya, that it means that that um, as it says, that uh, that there will be that Hashem will bring out a new level of of Tyra, the deeper level of Tyra. So that means that it, and you're talking about 1991 Tashinunalos. A deeper level of Tyra. Okay, so what does that mean for us? A deeper level of you. Whoever you were before and whoever you were brought up to be and thought you could be, a way deeper level of you is going to come out now. Is this a contradiction? How can it be? Wait a minute, you don't change Tyra. You don't add to Tyra. So how do you have Tyra Chadasha? And the answer is very simple. And it never really develops it a bit. What is the source? For adding an, a chiddush in mitzvahs and adding a mitzvah in Yemais Mashiach, in halacha. There is such a thing as you add in mitzvahs. What we just said, you can't. 
there is a place to say that you can add or make changes or bring out new things in Torah. And where is it? The Rambam. Silchus Malachim. Abmelech Mashiach. And the Rambam says the following. That the Rambam says that the Torah testifies about Melech Mashiach as it, and brings several several explanations, several proofs, the place where Hashem says, Veshav Hashem Elokecha Shruscha, that Hashem will bring, come back with the captives. That's a proof. Oh, Hashem is coming back. There will be, meaning, there will be a Geula. That's a proof. Hey folks, did we ever wonder, will there be a Geula? Here Hashem says, yep, I'm coming back. Means there's going to be, with my captives, there will be a Geula. And then, and then the Ramam says, after Parshish Bilam Nemar, Misham Naba. And even in Parshish Bilam, it says he prophesies, and it goes through a lot of explaining. And then it says in the Halacha after that, Af the Arenikhlet Hu In about the idea of Arenikhlet, cities of refuge, he says, and watch this, In Yarchiv Hashem Elokechus Rucha V'yasaf Elocha Oedshlash Arn. When, not if, but when Hashem, when God will expand your boundaries, meaning the boundaries of the land of Israel, from seven lands to include all ten lands, when He will expand these bound, your boundaries, then what should you do? Then you should, the Yasafta Oj add three more cities of refuge. Specifically in those places where Hashem expanded your boundaries to. Because until now, we had seven lands belonging to Eretz Yisrael, but ultimately, we were really always given ten. But the extra three, we never were able to have. They're ours, but we can't access them. So they're officially ours. They were given to us, but not yet fully ours. And the whole issue in question is those extra three cities of refuge. Okay. And what is this a proof of? This never happened. Again, remember, when you your boundaries are expanded from seven lands to ten lands, then you must add three cities of refuge. Says the Rambam, never happened. Yes. And the Lativa Kadesh Baruch will tell you, when Hashem doesn't tell you to do anything but for nothing. So the Rambam says, so what do we conclude? Reverse engineering. It is going to happen in Yemaisa Mashiach. There will be an adding, the shlemus, the mitzvah Arunikla. There will be an adding and a wholeness in the mitzvah Arunikla. Okay, what does that mean? It means, very simple, there is a mitzvah that is in the Torah that is waiting to be fulfilled. It is it, it, it's there. It's part of the body of mitzvahs. It's part of Tyrus. We haven't yet been able to do it. We will do it. But let's picture this. It's kind of like stretchy nylon. You know, <laughs> stretchy nylon. You know, you buy whatever. You buy some kind of gloves. And they look like they're for a, a six-year-old, these gloves. They look very strange. You know, uh, why would you buy a, a, a set of gloves, a pair of gloves for, for six-year-olds? And the answer is, of course, 
that um, that this pair of gloves is one one size fits all. It has the potential to fit an adult, so not just a six year old, but a sixty six year old. Well, one second, sure looks like it doesn't. I know it's stretchy. They happen to be this kind of synthetic stuff, some kind of nylon gloves. One size fits all, and when the 66-year-old who weighs uh, 166 pounds comes along, he puts them on, and they fit him just as well as they fit the six-year-old. Meaning that the gloves were always gloves for everybody, but the quality wasn't revealed in them that they were able to do that. So that's the stretchy quality. Why do we need to know that? We're dealing with this topic of, first of all, on a personal level, how much do I have in myself in terms of potential? Who am I really? Do I have all this stuff in me or do I not? As we know, you know, the concept of, uh, what do we use, 40%, 40% of our brain cells or something like that. So, meaning we're not in any way using our full potential. Okay, so let me ask you this question. We're going to go back to the idea of our mission. So if I'm not using my full potential, then who am I really? Am I really the person? Who is the real me? You know, when people say, very nice to dream, very nice to dream, but let's face reality about yourself. You know, I know somebody that her son said, I'm going to be wealthy. Right? And he was determined, and he, he, he's doing very well. So who's the real me when you're facing reality? Is it the real you that you see, or is it the real you that is there in potential? Today, with the idea of brain plasticity, the whole, the whole uh, world, the whole um, self-growth world is focusing on the idea that you know, the real you is the wealthy one, the successful one, the one that's out there, the one, the one that you can, you're, you're going to visualize and dream about. That's the real you. And the contracted you that you've seen for all these decades of your life, that's not really the real you. And therefore, you should tune into the real you, etc. This is a total shift from the old way. The old way classically was, let's face it, you know, you, here's a perfect example. Rebbe Kusil Leffler. Excellent example. Rebbe Kassil Leffler was, I don't, I guess, an, I mean, an older cousin. He was younger at some point and he got older. But he, you know, he was a man. He was a cousin of the Mithra Rebbe. He, he had learning disabilities. Let's just say that. He could not learn. He would see Bahram coming through town and they would that they had heard from the Mithra and it was a source of enormous pain for him. Because as he said, the way he ex- described his brain, that he had a head like a piece of wood. Nothing penetrated. And he was so, so painful for him because he saw the buffer. Oh, they're hugging, they're learning, they're teaching them my mom, and they're understanding them. And he, nothing, he doesn't get it at all. And he wants to so desperately. So, did he go to the Alter Rebbe? I think he went, there's a chassid, maybe a chassid of the Alter Rebbe, the Mithra Rebbe. So, I'm sorry if I, I think he went to the Alter Rebbe. I'm almost positive. And asked for a bracha. 
and it describes his pains and his frustration and his tremendous longing and was given a bracha and told, nothing stands in the way of will. What do you mean? How can will change a brain that has a molecular structure of learning disabilities? Can't. So the Alter Rebbe wasn't saying, okay, I'll take care of it. I'll, you know, I'll give you a breath. I'll change your brain. He's saying you can change your brain. Activate the power of will. And you will step into, question is, was it a new brain or his real brain that was just blocked? and not expressing its full potential. This is really the question. Which was his real brain? Because we're going to see what happened. He he, he took this bracha seriously. He he rented an attic or something. You know, he, he, he got a, a learning space, and he would sit and learn and learn. You know, Bachman would come and learn with him, do the mimer again and again and again and again. He just, he just did it. He just kept going, 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 just worked and worked and worked and worked away at trying to get, understand the Maimaram. And he was successful. To such an extent that he became such a Baki in Hasidus, such a genius in Hasidus, learning disabled, the one who couldn't couldn't get any concept, such a genius in Hasidus that the Mithra wrote a safer only for him. Nobody else could understand it. It was so deep and it's so deep and complex called Imre Bina. Yes, we should all try learning it, and then we'll feel, you know, it'll open up our brains, right? But this is what happened. Now, the question is, was it a miraculous thing? Clearly not, because the Alter Rebbe gave a bracha and said, activate your will. And he, and he did. Not just his will. He put, he put sweat into it. Enormous hours, probably thousands of hours of sweat into it. I'm sure this didn't take two years. I'm sure it took Many years. So the question is, what was his real brain? The brilliant brain? Or the completely shut down learning disabled brain? Which one's the real brain? So this concept comes from the idea of what's the real Tyra? Is the real Tyra, because Tyra determines the world, determines your brain, determines how everything goes. Is the real Tyra um, the one that is limited to only what we can understand? Or is the real Tyra, including Tyra Hadasha, the parts of Tyra that we cannot even bring down with our learning, but Hashem has to open the door, so to speak, from the inside and send them, send those deep parts out from himself to Mashiach, then to us, through Mashiach, which is the real one. So clearly here the Rebbe is bringing out the real one is the, the, the deeper one. The real one is the expanded, stretchy version. The real gloves are the gloves as they're worn for the big, the, the adults when they're already stretched out. Those are the real gloves. You didn't see the potential in the gloves when they were, you know, you saw them in the store, they looked like they're for a six-year-old. That wasn't the real glove. That was the glove as it's in its contracted state. The real glove is as, as it's expanded. The real brain is the one that's a genius brain, not the one that can't figure things out, etc. The real 
talent, the real everything about our life, the real me is the one that's way expansive, not contracted. And the place in Tyra where this is brought out, the energy for this is Aspa'ari Niklat Hu'anya. In the Rambam in Sochus Malachim, proving that there will be a Geula and there will be a Mashiach. And the Halacha says, is the whole Nakoda is about cities of refuge, which this is, we're going to discuss this over the next few um, the next few uh, installments of this series. Um, very strange halacha. We're going to go into it in a second. But in Ari Nicholas, you see a stretchy quality. And the quality is that Hashem is saying, when Hashem will expand your boundaries, then the real reality will set in. The stretched out reality is the real reality. You will have three more cities of refuge. Until now, you've only had six. Is that the real reality? And when we'll have three more in Yemais Mashiach, that's the, that's not the real one. Or is the real one when we're going to have nine cities of refuge and the contracted version was in Gaulus? So what the Rebbe's bringing out is, right, the contracted version is not the real version. It's like we're saying about everything personal. The contracted way is, it's not, it's, it's not the real thing. It's, you know, it's in um, training wheels. You know, in boot camp cars. It's not the real one. The real Eretz Yisrael is when Kol when all Yidner are there. The real Tyra is when all Yidner are doing all mitzvahs. The real, the real Tyra is when the deepest secret Tyra Chadasha is, is revealed and is part of basic Tyra. This is all the real stuff that Essentially, that's sewn into the fabric of that particular mitzvah is the ability for Tyra to stretch. I'll say it again. Sewn into the fabric of that particular mitzvah is the ability and the necessity for Tyra to stretch out to its full potential, for Tyra to stand up to its full height, and not be in contracted mode. So far, we have Tyra in contracted mode, Eretzel in contracted mode, Yidin in contracted mode, personal lives in contracted mode, everything is Mashiach in contracted, everything is in its contracted mode. That is not the real reality. So the Chiddush, the novelty in Tyra, that the same Rambam says, you can't have it. The Rambam says, forget it. There's no such thing as something new in Daira. You can't add, you can't subtract, and you can't put something new into it. The Rambam says it. Maimonides, the same Rambam, Maimonides, then says, well, what I really mean, what, what Hashem really means is that there is nothing new. It's all in there. It hasn't yet been stretched out fully so you don't see it. This is also the basis of the change in halacha. What do you mean change in halacha? The Rambam. The Rambam seems to be telling us two opposite things. You can't change, you can't ask. And then he's saying, oh, you change and you add. The Rambam's saying every place where you see what you think is a change 
or an addition or a subtraction. Or let's say a change or an addition. It isn't really a change or an addition. I myself, the Rambam, just told you that Hashem told us in His Holy Torah, you can. Nobody can. Not even Mashiach. Then what is it really? The Rambam saying, hey guys, get used to the fact that Tyra is stretchy. You're not seeing it in its full size. You are stretchy. Life is stretchy. The brain, brain plasticity, the brain is stretchy. The world is stretchy. Everything is stretchy. Everything is not in its full potential. That is the idea of the Chiddush. That's the idea of the Hisafa. That's the idea of adding. Nothing was added. It's just finally we got to see it. You know, it was just in there. So, gee, I didn't, you know, it's like you buy the, uh, you go to buy the pair of gloves and they're $25 for a pair of black nylon gloves. They're like, excuse me, like, piece of junk, you know, you can get them at the dollar store. They say, no, 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 you'll see, you'll see. You'll wear them, you'll, you'll, you're an adult, you'll wear them, they'll stretch out, you're gonna see, you're gonna see, they're worth $25. Okay, fine. I'm curious, so I buy them. I put them on, I stretch them out, and they have, um, jewels on them. You know, uh, jewels worth $25. They have little sparkly things and little tiny embedded jewels on them that I didn't actually see. Well, let's say they're let's say they're five hundred dollars. The gloves, like five hundred dollars a pair of nylon gloves. What's going on here? He said, "Trust me, I'll give you the five hundred dollars. Buy them." So I buy them. I put them on because it was his money. <laughs> I put them on. They expand, and there are all these jewels on them. Oh wow! I didn't know these gloves had jewels on them. That's so interesting. Oh, now I understand why they're twenty five dollars. Sorry, five hundred dollars. That thank you, you pay for it. Ah, when you expand them to their full size, then you then you get to see the real reality, what's really going on. So, this is the idea: when you expand and stretch out Tyra to its proper size, not its contracted gullah size, you're going to see the Tyra Chadash is a basic part of it. You're going to see the, the, the change in, in halakha. Not a change. It was one of the halakhas there that nobody else saw. Like, and what is an example, as we'll see later in the sikha, what is an example of a halakha that was always there? Nobody added anything. Just no one ever saw it before. Mashiach is the only one who sees it because he has that vision, you know, with the araganas, the hidden light from which you can see everything from one end of the world to the other and everything in Tyra. He sees with Mashiach vision, with Mashiach eyes, this halacha. What halacha? About a certain kind of a knife being used once in history. Only once. For when? The Shech Bashar Habar. Once, once. It's only going to be used once. It's a halacha. This is a one-time halacha. Okay, what, when is the one-time halacha? When the Sharhabar is shechted. This halacha is probably is never applicable. It's only applicable to this exact situation, no other situation. But it's in there. You have to stretch out the tyrant to see it. It's have Mashiach eyes. 
We have to be Mashiach to stretch out the tire to see. There's that halakha. Oh, so there was no change in halakha. No, of course not. There was no addition. No, of course not. There was nothing new. No, of course not. You were looking with contracted eyes. You didn't stretch out the gloves. Okay. And by the way, so what is the change in halacha? It's not a change of, right, right, right. Sorry, it's not a change in halacha. But what, what is this halacha, this specific halacha? That the knife that will be used to shecht the shor habar will be a very different kind of a knife than any other shechting situation in all of history. The one-time thing. This is not a change in halacha. You just had to be able to find the halacha. You know, you have to do a Google search. These days, honestly, you could. These days, if you do a, a Google search, will there be a different kind of knife used for the shafting of the Sharabah? You will find it. As a Google, hopefully, if somebody interested. Today, for you to find it, somebody had to actually... Google doesn't... Google is not that smart. You have to post it somewhere, and then Google acts like, he came up with the answer. Wow, it's so smart. But you need to post it. Which explains, by the way, that the more you put out there into the world, the more Google, whether it claims that it, you know, it claims it's it or you, has these deep hidden secrets that are supposed to be available to the world, they become available to the world. And then people take them, by the way, and they work with them, and they make realities. They create realities of them, and you have a totally different world. But okay, let's leave that for a second. Just sorry, it's a digression. So going back to the stretchy, there are no changes, there are no additions, etc. It's a stretchy tyra. I'll give you a couple of other examples of stretchy. It's a stretchy land of Israel. Land of Israel will stretch to fill the entire world. Hmm. Okay. Doesn't look stretchy now. Right, because it's still still in the store, you know, it's still on the shelf, relatively speaking. So nobody has tried to stretch out the land of Israel yet. This way, I mean we're trying, but when it's fully stretched out, you will see how it has stretched out to fill the entire world. The other really amazing thing is that as we've spoken about in the past, that was brought out by, you know, Speakers said, I don't want to quote their name just in case I 100%, but the fact that we've been sitting in our homes for two months quarantining for the mainly, not really even to save ourselves, but to save somebody else. Because we may feel like, I'm fine, I'll be fine, you know, let me go out. But we're sitting in our homes to make sure that somebody else is safe. You know, we don't want to infect anybody. We don't want to spread anything. That gives our homes a status of being a piece of the base of Mishish. So then we realize, wait a minute, the base of Mishish is stretching out to fill the whole world, where there we have another stretchy thing. We thought the base of Mishish is this, it is this particular size. It's also stretchy at the same time. It, can, it seems to be filling the entire world now. Through our, being in our holy private domains, our homes, during this very powerful, difficult, but powerful time in history. So this is all, so this is the source in Tyra of this idea of adding and chiddush in Tyra. Um, and of course, 
So the question that's going to come up is, what a strange mitzvah to be the source of it. That's the other question. And remember, the reason that the promise of Geula is in it, it's the promise of Geula is sewn into the fabric of the mitzvah. Let's just say it that way. The promise of Mashiach and Geula is sewn into the fabric of the mitzvah. We all know those heartbreaking stories of mothers in the Holocaust who would sew a little something into the tissues or the shirt of a tiny child before they gave him away in the Holocaust. And they would sew it into the fabric of the tissues or, or, or the shirt or the jacket so that it would be found and people would know who this child is and this and save it for the child and the child would see it when they were when they were older. So we understand the idea of sewing something into the fabric. The promise of Geula is sewn into the fabric, not of Tyra, of a mitzvah. Which mitzvah? Are a mitzvah. What's a mitzvah? Make three more cities of refuge. It's a mitzvah. The promise of Geula is sewn into the mitzvah. Because a mitzvah is actually done down here in this real world. So if it's sewn into the fabric of Tyra, just, alone, it could happen or it could not happen. You know, there are a lot of things in Tyra, there are a lot of things in the Medrash that we don't see them manifest physically. You know, this angel is speaking with that angel and they're flying here and they're flying there. We don't necessarily see it manifest physically because the Tyra is above the world. Mitzvah, it's in the world. Once the promise of Geula and the Mashiach and Geula is sewn into the fabric of the mitzvah, of any mitzvah, then by definition it has to happen in this physical world. There's no way it can't happen. It's already, it's grounded like the, the peg on the tent. It's grounded. It's part of it. You know, I, I know a woman who told a very touching story that um, when she was first married, um, you know, sometimes a person's kind of like a little, you know, a little um, disagreement, not a better days worth it, well, you know, a little disagreement, and and she was at her in-laws, and maybe it was a little bit of a different disagreement, and she took, it was Shabbos probably, and she took off her ring to um, to wash her mighty, and the ring fell behind the sink her wedding ring, and it fell behind the sink. And they called in a plumber after Shabbos, and he tried and tried, and there was nothing he could do to get it out. So finally, I think something like he plastered it over, but that's it. There's nothing he could do. It's just part of it. And she said, well, now I know I am one million percent a part of this family. My wedding ring has been cemented into the walls of their home. <laughs> Uh, I am part of this family. There is no turning. <laughs> there is no turning back. I don't remember if she was, when she was married. Maybe she's a Kala. I don't know what she said. It was clear. I am part of this family. So, <laughs> so this idea is sewn into the fabric of the mitzvah. It's going to happen. So then the question that we're left with is such a strange kind of a mitzvah. You would think that it would be a mitzvah that's about beautiful levels of learning, Kyra. You know, after all, 
Ari Miklet, Ari Miklet is the union of, of, um, the union of, um, cities is a refuge, like somebody murdered somebody, <laughs> you know, and if somebody murdered somebody, then, uh, you know, that doesn't seem like a very Mashiachistic kind of a thing. So, you know, what's this all about? And the answer is that clearly, Ari Nicholas being about murder is the lowest level of it. It's one, it's one tiny piece of the whole thing. That's not the whole story. That's not the real story. So we want to know what it is, you know, wasn't, didn't we thought Ari Nicholas were about, you know, yucky stuff, not beautiful stuff. Okay. So here's how it's brought out. It's explained in other places that, that the adding of the Aranikla is emphasized in Biasa Mashiach. Oh my, I'm walking from place to place here, avoiding workmen who are walking into a look at the roof. Okay. Sorry. That the adding of Aranikla, of the proof of Aranikla, is emphasized, emphasized that Biasa Mashiach is something, we're saying this, that, that comes from Mitzvah. Um, okay, this one we explained already. Okay, so here's the question. Here, let's take a couple of comments before we do this. One second. Okay, so here is a bit of the question. I hope we can sort of uh, develop it today. The idea of one second. So Ari Niklet, we got it. It's a stretchy world. It's a stretchy Tyra. It's all in there. We got it. But, and so where do we know it from? From the mitzvah of Ari Niklet. What? Such a mitzvah? Pick anything else. I don't know. Kashrus, this, that. That's such a, ooh, weird mitzvah. How many people murder? Are they murdered by mistake? What is like? Promise of Gaul or what? So people won't murder anymore? I mean, what is that? And the explanation is the following. So, uh, um, and by the way, the question is also, um, what is the special thing about adding three extra Ari Nicholas to such an extent that the promise of Bias Mashiach depends on that? This is what we just asked. And one more question is, the whole content of the myth of Ari Nicholas, it seems to be the opposite. It, right? It's, you run away there, murdered, and in Yemaisa Mashiach, there won't be any murder, there won't be any negativity, there won't be any evil, none of this. So we don't want to hear, no, it's for what everybody did wrong in Gullus. Well, then nobody, imagine the people, all the people that did things wrong, which is almost everybody in Gullus, will have these Ari Niflet and they'll be punished and punished and punished and punished for everything they did wrong in Gullus. Well, nobody's going to want to sing We Want Mashiach now. It does not sound like too much fun. If that's, oh, great, stay like this, you know, what What do we gain? If, if, if it doesn't make any sense, we want, here we go, I'm trying to find my recording, we want Mashiach now, what? So now the punishments can start for everything we did wrong in Dallas? No, 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 no. And then the question is, and six cities of refuge for what we did wrong aren't enough. You have to add an extra three. Oh, we really want the chef now, don't we? So obviously it's something amazing and juicy and delicious and incredible. 
So here's the beginning of the answer. So in Torah, there are two aspects. A, a deep, a deep, um, hidden wisdom. The Indian of Torah is the Chachma of Hashem. The wisdom of Hashem. That's what Torah is. It's the wisdom of God, way above the world. But it came down into the world. That's one part of Torah. It is the wisdom of Hashem God. The other part of Torah is Nasati Ba'ar. I gave it to you down here. Why? So that you should, the world should become a very clean, pure place through the lessons, through the Hayraz, the, the, the guidance of Tyra, doing what positive misses and negative misses. So again, Tyra is essentially something, the wisdom of Hashem, totally above the world. But Hashem sends it down into the world. So its main thing is up there. On the other hand, its main thing is down here affecting the world. So it's very powerful above the world and in the world. And the difference between Torah and Mitzvahs is Torah is wisdom of Hashem. Mitzvahs are us, God telling us how he wants us to act. Really, it's his will. You know, it's like somebody, you know, you go to somebody and you say, um, so really feel like you, you walk into somebody's house and you've had sort of a difficult interaction for a while, and they're busy, um, maybe, and, and they're busy setting the table and cleaning the house and doing all this stuff. And, they, and you say, you know, I really feel like we could, I would, I would really like to have a better relationship with you. And they say, no problem, me too. You really want to? Yeah. I say, great. Um, I'll tell you how. I say, okay. What should we do? Uh, could you help me set the table and and. <laughs> And finish vacuuming and, 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 et cetera, and straighten that stuff up and move that here and move it, right? Well, what does that have to do with that? You, one time, you want to have a better relationship? I'm telling you what I want that will make you, me like you. Help me. <laughs> so Hashem is saying, you want to know what I want? These are, the, here, I'll tell you what I want. It's called, these and these, they're called mitzvahs. This is how you know what I want. I have my wisdom, but I also have what I want. And I want you to do these things. So that's two, two different things. And in Tyra itself, there's learning the wisdom of Tyra for itself. There's learning the, the, the wisdom of itself, sorry, the wisdom of Tyra to know what to do. Okay, what is the halakha about um, which safer you can put on top of which other safer? You can put a chum a sitter on top of a chumash or a chumash on top of a What is the halacha? Tell me what to do. That's part of Tyra. Tyra has one other part. Who is God? Tyra tells you two things. Number one, what to do. Number two, who is God? Who is Hashem? That's it. It's the whole Tyra. What to do and who is Hashem? What to do is obviously through Nibra's Tyra, the revealed part, Gemara. And who is Hashem is through Pneumus of Tyra. You know, getting to know Hashem. So, um, and in the wisdom of Tyra, we, we just said, it, one is called the tree of, uh, tree of knowledge. Tell me what to do. Tree of good and evil. What should I do and what should I not do? And then there's the tree of life, which is, Hashem, who are you? Who am I? What is truth? If we unite, will we have eternal life? Yes. 
if we live, you and I and Tyra and, and the whole thing, if we unite fully, then what happens? Then we stepped into the tree of life. We've been, we, we were tasting from the tree of life and we step into eternal life. So that's emphasized in the difference between now and Yemais Mashiach. Because now the main Avaida, remember we're talking about our Nicholas, this weird mitzvah. Now the main Avaida, the main way is purifying the world. And how do you do it? You learn Nicholas, you learn, you learn Halacha. You do, you do Halacha to purify the world. You light candles at this time and you eat it this way and you say this bracha and everything is very detailed. You do, you know, every mitzvah exactly. Now you fast, now you don't fast. Now you say this, now you don't say this. Now you stand up, now you sit down. Now you this, now you that. And all of that stuff purifies the world. How many pieces is this divided into? Six. Six. What? Six ways to purify the world? No. Six books to tell you how to purify the world. Six books to tell you how to purify the world. Yeah. What are the six books? Shisha Sidre Mishnah. The six books of Mishnah. Oh. And what do the six books of Mishnah tell me? what the mitzvahs are so that I can purify the world. So how do I know how to purify the world? Put your put yourself into the six books of Mishnah. Oh, you mean like the six cities of refuge? Yeah. Exactly. Six for six. Six cities the six books of the Mishnah are the six cities of refuge. They provide us with a refuge from the insanity of a chaotic world that has no order and that is very messed up. And when we live in those six cities of refuge, those six books of the Mishnah, Halacha, we bring peace and clean, we clean up a totally messed up chaotic world. So there we have our six cities of refuge. And, it, and the six orders of Mishnah have all the, you know, the pilpulim back and forth, yes, no, do this, do that, till the light is extracted, till the, the function of those six cities of refuge is revealed. You know, got it, did it. You cleaned up this part of the world and that part of the world and this and this. And this. You did it. You cleaned up the world, this insane, crazy, chaotic world. You cleaned it up. From where? From inside the six cities of refuge meaning inside the six books of Mishnah. Okay. Now in Yemaisa Mashiach, there's a new Avaida, an additional Avaida, sorry. Nothing new, right? The stretched out, the stretchy version, the stretched out version, now you get to see there's, besides the six cities of refuge, there are an extra three. They were always there, right, according to what we just learned. They were clearly always there, but nobody saw them because you saw the gloves on the shelf. They looked like cheap little nylon gloves. You didn't know why they should cost $500. You bought them because somebody paid for them, and you put them on, stretched out to your giant hands, and you saw all the precious jewels on them. Wow. You had to stretch them out to see it. That's the gloves. 
have to stretch out Tyra to see. There were always an extra three cities of refuge, but they were never visible to anybody. The most anybody could see, except for Mashiach, measured in Mashiach, the most anybody could see is six cities of refuge. The three were there, waiting for the time when it would, when, when it was right for the Arizal to come along and start to stretch out, stretch out Tyra. The Arizal was told. Now it's mitzvah legalis as a chachmarzais. It's a mitzvah to reveal this level of wisdom. It's a mitzvah now to begin to give the Jewish people the ability to taste from the tree of life. Tree of life? What, how do you, how do you taste that tree of life? Well, you know what they eat all day in the three cities of refuge? I don't know. What do they eat? Boxer? Remember, because Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was the first one to begin this. He gave us access to the tree of life. He sat in a cave. He was in quarantine, wasn't he? And he ate boxer. He ate carob. He was also eating from the tree of life, clearly. Tree of life corresponds to Pneumia Tatira. He was tasting from the tree of life. Until then, in very limited circumstances, maybe none, could anyone taste from the tree of life? Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve were told very distinctly, you were supposed to eat from the tree of life, but since you introduced the chaos that you introduced with the tree of knowledge, do not eat from the tree of life, and there will come a time. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was told, now is the time. Start from the tree of life. So there he was in quarantine for 12 years, not for two months, eating from the tree of life and eating carrots. We've been in quarantine. Our quarantine is essentially Purim till Shavuos, very holy days. What do you think we're doing in, in, the, in quarantine? Eating from the tree of life. Eating from the tree of life. Not just wasted time. We're eating from the tree of life in this quarantine. Very special days, and we paid for it. A very big price with many, many special people moving up to a, a higher level. They should all come back right now. So when you might Mashiach, after the Avaida of Bira is done, the Avaida of Bira is cleaning up the chaotic world so that all, all the sparks of holiness you know, have all been extracted. And, and cleaning up this crazy world. It comes to a day when the world has finally been clean. It's clean. It's done. The, the Ra, the, the Ra is, it's, and the Taiz are, are, are separated. The good is taken out of the bad. It was in this big soup, but it's carefully extracted for a few thousand years until it's all out. All the pieces are out. All the pieces of goodness, the sparks of goodness, of holiness have been extracted from an insane world. And then everything changes. Now what do we do when it all changes? Finish cleaning up the world. Now, which was what we had to do because of the tree of knowledge, Etadas. Now you start to eat from the tree of life. So that was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. But... Again, then what he taught was told from above to be written down and hidden away for 1,300 years. 
And then when it came to the Arizal in the 15th, 1500s, I think, 1500s, then he was told, now it's for the world. Now it's for everybody. Now it's for all Yidin to start eating from the tree of life. So what are they eating all day in the three cities of refuge? Tree of life. They're eating from the tree of life. And what do you do when you're eating from the tree of life? You're not cleaning up the world anymore. You don't clean up the world with the tree of life. That's ridiculous. It's kind of like, you, 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 everybody knows that concept of overkill. Like, um, there's absolutely, it's absolutely insane for me to call the CEO of Microsoft and get him on the phone. Let's say he owes me a favor. Let's say I once met the CEO and I, you know, somebody changed his tire on, on, you know, on the highway somewhere in California. And, and, and he says, I owe you a favor. When you need a favor, come to me. Okay. Nobody in their right mind when they, I don't quite know how to use my phone. I, I, or I don't, I don't know how to do all the technicalities of a Zoom call. Don't call him. Anybody can tell you how to do a Zoom call. I can get any base Rifka girl who can teach you how to do a Zoom call. Don't waste your brownie point calling the CEO of Microsoft for that. Anybody can tell you that. Use your one favor for something that only he can do and nobody else can. If you have one time to go to the president, President Trump, don't go there and ask him to teach you how to do a a Zoom call. Save it for asking him to spread to make sure there's a moment of silence in every single school in the United States. Jeff and Mrs. Benayah are spread in the entire United States. Save it for that. So, so why are we saying that the tree of life, don't waste it on cleaning up the world. You don't need the tree of life to clean up the world. Tree of knowledge cleans up the world very nicely. Halacha, Gemara. That tree that that cleans up the world very nicely. Tree of life, it's for higher things. Wait till the world is clean, then you start to eat from the tree of life. And then what do you do with the tree of life? Ah, we don't do cleaning anymore. We don't do cleaning anymore once we're eating from the tree of life. And what do we do? You're not doing beer or cleaning anymore. Once you're up to eating from the tree of life, where do you eat it? In the three cities of refuge. Then what do you do? You're, you're, I don't know how to say in English. You're, you're creating, unifying unities in the supernal world. <laughs> creating the highest level of unity from the top, from the top to the bottom. Supernal unities, etc. Unity, Isis Shalom being run by creating all kinds of unities on all levels, spiritual, physical, etc. For that, you need the tree of life. Where do you do it? Inside the three cities of refuge. And how do you do it? It's through Pimus The secrets, remember this? The secrets of Taira, of Taira Chadasha. It's the penis of the mitzvahs and their secret and their secret secret understanding, the deep hidden understanding of them. 
Ah, where do you find that? Tarachadasha. Okay, now we're starting to make the connections. But we will need to know the halachas of Isra and Heather. You'll have to know what to do. But listen to these words. Unbelievable. As it says, oh, I don't, the footnote is 88, but I don't have 88 here. The, the revealed halachas will be, the halachas will be available to everybody to learn. You know, just go on Chabad.org, whatever. The idea, everyone will be able to know them at the beginning without, you'll learn them once. And you won't ever ha- forget them. Without ever forgetting them. You won't be having, you won't have this, you know, okay, there's a lachashir, we're going to learn it again and again and again and again. No, no, no. Done. You'll learn it once. You'll never forget it. And now, you'll learn from the tree of, you'll, you'll be eating from the tree of, of knowledge each halacha once. And then you're going to be eating the yummy, yummy, yummy food, the tree of life. Learning, taking these halachas and creating unifying realities in the most profound way, supernal, physical, spiritual, etc., in the most unbelievable way. Okay. Okay. To sum it all up, so we started off really with the question of we're dealing with the idea of uh, is there such a thing as an addition and a subtraction and a Kiddush and Tyra, and we said no. And the same Raman who says no, says but, there's this, there's this one halacha that sh- says yes. And the whole idea is based on this idea of stretchiness. But the land of Israel is stretchy, Tyra is stretchy, you are stretchy, everything is stretchy, put on the gloves, pay $500 for those nylon gloves, because when you put them on and you stretch them to adult size and even big workman size, well, or big lady hand size, there'll be all these jewels on the gloves. You'll see all these things. Mashiach himself sees the Tyra in its stretched out version, so to speak. The mitzvah there is, just to sum it up, the mitzvah in about Ari Miklas is that it's all, everything is embedded there. It just has to be opened up. The light of Mashiach um, is 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 Sean? I'm sorry for my Canadian accent. Is Sean onto Tyra, and all of a sudden you see all kinds of things that you normally didn't see. This is what we have when we learn sichas and Maimara. Things seem very simple at the end of any sicha or Maimara. It's so obvious. You wonder why you didn't think of it yourself. And the reason we didn't think of it ourselves is it became very simple. You know, what I was dealing with the past few days of, you know, why this phone service and this, that, and that, this, this, this kind of technology. And in the end, it was very simple. So why was I hesitating for so many weeks? And the answer is probably that it probably wasn't simple all of those weeks. And one day Hashem made it very simple. I tried it and it just went. And so we're left with this feeling of, oh, I could have tried it then. It was so simple. It wasn't simple. When Hashem decided to shine the light on it, then it became easy. So when when a sikha comes along, when the Rebbe comes along and shines a light on any aspect of Tyra that seems very dense, 
such as exactly this. How can you have additions in Tyra? How can you have something new? Why are you Nicholas? Once you learn it, once the light of Mashiach is shone onto it, it looks so simple. Oh, right, of course. I could have thought of that one, but I didn't because the light wasn't shining on it. And I really didn't have that visibility. The light of Mashiach shining on an aspect of Tyra is tantamount to the stretching out of Tyra. In this case, the light of Mashiach stretches Tyra. How do you stretch the glove? Put your hand in it and use it. How do you stretch out Tyra? First of all, the light of Mashiach has to be shone onto it. And then you take it and you put your hand into it. And you, you continue to stretch it out. Meaning, you take this aspect of Tyra that now has been illuminated with the light of Mashiach. And then you learn it. This is not enough that Mashiach gets it from Hashem. And then teaches it, teaches it to us, takes an, a, a, a part of Tyra, shines the light of Mashiach that Hashem just sent him, and then teaches it to us through the principles of Tyra, so it's 100% Tyra, and teaches it to us, and then we learn it, and we teach it, and we make it part of our everyday reality to live our lives in an entirely different way based on these principles of Tyra, we're essentially putting our hand into the glove, the glove of Tyra, and Tyra stretches out not only because Mashiach shines a light on it, but because we wear it as a glove. We wear that, that Tyra as a garment. We put our hand into it. It stretches it out every time we, we make an effort to live these, these new ideas of Tyra in, in real time, in real life. It stretches them out, and then you start to see the jewels that were on these gloves that you never would have known about unless you put your hand in there and used it and stretched it out. So when the Rebbe is saying, open your eyes to see Mashiach, it goes together with put your hand in the glove, put your hand into Tyra, put your life into Tyra and live it. Don't be afraid to, to live it in a brand new way. In fact, be afraid to not live it in a brand new way. And when you watch it stretch, you're going to see miracles emerge from Tyra into the world, into your life, into the most magnificent way. And all of this is embedded in these six Ari Niklat, these six cities of refuge, and the nine cities of, and the, the, the extra three cities of refuge, which are of two completely different qualities. Again, the classical six, six ones are about fixing up the mess of the world. The old classical Gullus of Vida, the world's a mess, clean it up, fix it up. The Mashiach of Vida, the expanded glove, like the old contract, the contracted glove is, oh, the world is a mess. And the proof is some Lulu is trying to send you, sell you a pair of gloves for $500 chutzpah, nylon gloves. You know, who does he think he is? What kind of a store is this? These people get away with anything. What a crazy world. That's the gullus world. The Gaula world is a world in which I put my hand in the glove of Tyra, I stretch it out, and oh my goodness, I start to have the power of living a miraculous life, which a living a miraculous life means I start to step into 
being the Yachid Yechudim, creating unit, spiritual unity between everything. I'm no longer cleaning up a mess. I'm creating spiritual unity. That's when I enter the three cities of refuge. That's when I enter the realm of learning and, and, and living Tarachadasha. Which we could say, perhaps, as this Sikha was said, it was the beginning of, it wasn't just a tease. Hey guys, one day there will be Tarachadasha. Not now, but I'm going to tell you all about it. Just make you nuts. That's not the rather that I know. <laughs> Maybe for some people. You know, I'll tease you, but you can't have it. It's the beginning. You learn it. You learn the Sikha. You're stepping into it. You're stepping into a reality. It's not about something that will be in the future. It's now. The future becomes now. Hashem's name, Yidke Vazke, is Haya Haiba Yiyah, all in one shot. Past, present, and future all become all one piece, all happening simultaneously. The future is now. If you live in that, if you choose to live in that, the future becomes now. So we step into that reality of living in these three cities of refuge. What are they a refuge again? The Gael Adam, he's running after us. We run, that was classically it. Had to run away from the, the, the pursuer, the Gael Adam, who wanted to harm the person because he had done something. We'll see tomorrow what. And, and the person was safe in that city of refuge. These, when we go into this place of living Geula, of living in the place of Tyra, we're safe, safer, safe spiritually, and living in the place of Geula Tyra, of the, where we're eating from the tree of life. Well, all they do there all day in the three cities of refuge is they eat from the tree of life. Sounds pretty safe to me. Rather be there than uh, watching TV. <laughs> right? Sounds like a pretty good place to be. Those three cities of refuge, eating from the tree of life. Sounds about as safe as you can be for now. And over there, if all I'm doing all day long is eating from the tree of life and then creating realities in the world from that energy of the tree of life, do I really think that the Gaila Dum, the bad guy, is going to get me, God forbid? He doesn't belong there. He comes to the, they don't let those kind of guys in. In the place of the tree of life, the, the Gail Adam, the Yetzirah, he doesn't, he doesn't get in. No place in the world of the tree of life for the Yetzirah to get in. He just, he withers. He just doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't fit in. There's no, he doesn't have a visa to get in. So, Yerasen, we should step into that place, live in that place, live in the place where we're approaching the absolute moment when Tarah Hadasha was said, <clears throat> which every day it was exactly said, maybe I guess on Shavuot itself, in Tarah Hadasha Mutitepe, have to see at the end of the Sikha, it doesn't say, the exact moment that the Sikha was said, but it was said for Shavuot, I guess on Shavuot, probably at the end of Shavuot. And may we step into this, this Shavuos from our quarantine with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He quarantined, we quarantined, so we have something in common. He ate from the tree of life. 
we could have eaten from the tree of life while we were in quarantine, and we still can. And then color everything from here backwards all the way to Purim. So what were you doing when you were in quarantine? What do you mean? I was eating from the tree of life. What were you doing? We can do that. We can brain plasticity. We can, we can, etc. Redo any realities from here all the way backwards. So may it be that we enter Shavuos, eating from the tree of life, and bring the whole world to eat from the tree of life, so that we experience, so that we have to face a nation of all those precious souls and eternal life for everyone, forever, and the Gula Mitis Fashlema immediately now. Please tune in tomorrow, the next piece in the Sikha, the next juicy piece to find out what's the real scoop behind all of this. And uh, maybe we'll be in the basin just before tomorrow. <laughs>